All right, here we go. This is Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review speaking with Coach Donna Feeney of the Houston Baptist University women's basketball team. Coach, first of all, thank you very much for taking time to speak to me. How are you? Welcome. I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Uh, it's been a busy summer so far, but I appreciate you giving us some time today. And I know it's busy. It's recruiting time, you know, mm -hmm. recruiting period is in July. Where are you? Are you in town or are you in another part of the country? I'm in my office. I actually decided that uh, with the young team that we have, it was important for me to be uh, here for the first couple of days of summer school. So um, the other three were out. Um, I went out to Dallas and came back, um, and I've been with our team for the last couple of days. Well, you just touched on it. How young is your team? Uh, well, again, <laughs> pretty young. Uh, we have no seniors this year. Um, so uh, we're going to be relying on our junior class uh, to, to lead this young group. But um, I think I'm really excited by the kids that we've added to the roster. And obviously um, the freshmen that we had last year have a year under their belts and a lot of minutes under their belt. So we're really excited about what they can do going into this season. How many How many on your on your roster? <clears throat> we have 14 on our roster. Uh, one uh, transfer kid that we have coming in that has to sit, obviously. So 13 that will be playing this year and uh you know i'm excited by them because they, they've put a lot of work in in the summer um and as i say just having that that year under their belts um our biggest issue last year was inexperience and uh the fact that they got as many minutes as they did as freshmen has really really set us up well i think for the next few years and you, you just missed it a little bit there summarize this past season for you and the squad um, hardest season of my life as a coach, I think. Um, I you know I was joking with a lot of people that I was bumping into on the road, just saying that I don't think I've ever dyed my hair as much as I did this past season because <laughs> because it was tough. I mean, there's no way about it. And and from a coaching standpoint, you know, <clears throat> coach of any sport will tell you when you have more than half your roster full of freshmen, it's going to be a rough year. And uh, we are just so blessed that we have great kids because they worked, uh, they improved. And they've continued to work so going into this year. They're in, they're in a really good spot. And, uh, you know, this, this coming season, we only have one freshman. So uh, it's going to be a very different year for us because there's so many um, intangibles that you don't think about, you know, coming in as a freshman that, that you have to deal with. And uh, from a coaching staff perspective, the amount of questions that you get from eight freshmen is, is overwhelming sometimes sure. uh, but just the teaching we had to slow down everything we taught because there's such a transition from the high school game into the collegiate game um, so we spent a lot more time teaching this year which will pay off um, but it definitely slowed us down in our ability to to be able to change as many things as we like because we just weren't you know we couldn't do that with as much youth as we had this past year now this question made be leading so you answered how you want to answer it okay do you find that the amount of teaching you had you and the staff had to do last year is an indication of what the kids did not learn in high school or AAU fundamentally um interesting question because we it was discussed a lot on the sideline uh when i was up in dallas recruiting the game is officiated so differently between high school 
to AAU and then to the college level. And so what we're finding is that kids coming in are really struggling to adjust, particularly on the defensive end, because there's so much more contact allowed at the high school level. Okay. And uh, I had a friend of mine just fly in because she was doing the uh, officiating clinic up in Dallas, and she came to watch one of the games with me one day, and she was, I mean, it was funny watching her reactions because she couldn't believe how much contact um, they were allowing, you know, and she said, wow, like this, you know, these kids must struggle when they get to the collegiate level. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, there's, we have to be pushing for some standardization across all these levels because the kids in every, at every school across the country are struggling to deal with the way the game is called. That's a good point. I had a, really given it must that much thought to it i I know mm-hmm. that in the recent years especially on the men's college side that, that more rules have been adopted or, or mm-hmm. you know modified tweaked whatever and yeah. especially for officiating to improve the flow of the game on offense right, right. and i know in the last couple of years that shift has also occurred or is occurring on the women's side yeah but i never really thought about it being yeah. more more physical in high school as in, as a close post to college. So I, I yeah. guess that is a, a dilemma that needs yeah, to be fixed. And totally. And I think that the two main areas, you know, from the guard positions is on the ball handler because we're allowed a first measure up touch now, but after that, no contact. Whereas in high school, we're seeing these kids with two hands or an arm bar right in, you know, the dribbler down the floor, which is, you know, we can't do that, but these kids are allowed to do that. So it is a massive transition for them defensively. Um, and then in the post, you know, I, I was watching so many teams running high-low stuff um, with the AAU teams that we watched, and kids are bumping so much off the ball, which, again, we can't do at the college level now. Right, right. So you have to you have to strip everything down and start from the basics when you're teaching. Um, and, and yes, we have a lot of time with them, but when you're having to break everything down, it is it, reteaching habits, and that's something that's really hard, especially with such a large group of freshmen. So, you know, that, that's why we spent so much more time teaching the basics last year. In terms of how would you, how tall is your team? How many players above six feet, or you know, things like that? Um, one, two, three, four, five. We have six above six feet. Um, so, and I think we've got pretty good size. Like, you know, we've added a 6'3 post um, who's a junior college transfer that we really like. And um, I think we, we're we going to get a lot more from uh, Veronica Kirienko this year. She started towards the end of last season to really look good in her high-low sets. And, um, you know, so I think those two are going to play really well together. Um, so, I, you know, I'm pleased with what we've got lengthwise. And I think the kid that we added, the transfer kid from Florida a m she's, 5'11 and really long and a really good defensive player. So, um, you know, I'm excited going forward, especially because we will have exactly the same roster next year again. You know, so we have all these kids back, which is really exciting looking forward to the future. What do you look for when you recruit? Oh, oh, I could be here all day talking about (laughs) that, but... Um, I mean, obviously, it depends on the position that, that we're looking for. We, you know, I, I like to get bigger guards. That's just something, you know, personal preference, that I like bigger guards. Um, we have, I'm very much a man-to-man defensive coach. Like, that's just been the way that I've been brought up. And 
um, you know, we very rarely run zone. Um, so defend, on the defensive end, from the guards and the post, I want kids to understand uh, fundamentals and rotations. Um, and so when I'm when I'm out there looking, particularly when I go out to high schools, I look at the systems that their high school teams are running and what they're being taught by those high school coaches. Um, because we can we can spend time adjusting, like I just talked about, with how much contact, etc. But the basic fundamentals on rotations um, are important. So we look at that, you know, things like for our guards, for example, are they able to pass with the outside hand? You know, can they can they do basic things uh, with the ball in their hands? Um, but for us, one of the biggest things that we look at is work ethic. Um, you know, I, we tell kids this all the time, and I think they, I think they kind of just roll their eyes sometimes when coaches talk about this. But it's true. You know, we watch every part of the game. So when they're on the bench, how involved they are, um, how excited they are for their teammates, are they listening to the coaches at timeouts? Um, you know, what are they doing outside of practice? And and I ask that question of every high school coach and every club coach: Do these kids do extra? What do they do extra outside of your practices? How much work are they putting into their game? Um, because although we have 20 hours a week during the season with our kids, you know, they have to be putting extra time in on their own and be willing to do that. So they have to show they love the game and, and they want to develop because we're in the position that we're going to be, we're going to be recruiting kids that need to be developed. And so in order to do that, they have to be willing to put the time in. Sure. And that's a huge part of our recruiting process, making sure that these kids love the game and they want to work to get better. What is the perception of HBU women's basketball? Well, no, HBU Zoo, have you heard people, well, that's a hard school to get into academically, or what challenges do you and the staff face in terms of recruiting, getting you know, talent to your program? Yeah, I mean, I do think that's the first thing that people, particularly in the Houston area, you know, that people think that, you know, academically it may be a challenge to get into our school and, you know, although our academic standards are a little bit tougher, um, I think that that shouldn't stop people looking at us as an option because, you know, we do look at various different academic standards. So if they didn't reach your SAT score, maybe their class rank will be something that can get them into school here. So, you know, I think that's something that it is a challenge to a certain extent because, and like I say, we are a little bit higher than some schools, but um, I don't think it stops us. Um, from getting the kids that we really want, um, you know, and I think because we we are in a really good position right now where we are looking ahead and with recruiting and we've been able to do that. So with younger kids that don't have scores, we're really focusing on, hey, you're going to have to have X, Y, and Z to get in here. So you need to have a plan in place. If you really want to come here, you need to have that plan in place and, and make sure you get those scores. Um, so that is something. Obviously for us, um, our facility uh, is a little bit older than some others that, that we compete against. Mm-hmm. But, um, and that, that can be something that puts kids off. Um, but on the, on the flip side from that, it's also something that, that kids see as an advantage because, you know, when our gym is full, it's a, it's a really intimidating atmosphere to play in. Sure. So, um, although we don't have a 10,000 seat stadium, there is an atmosphere in there, and I think that's something that we we, we love it as a coaching staff because you they feel so close to you because they are. But um, you know, when we get going in that gym, it's really it's an exciting place to play. And you're leading into 
uh, one of my questions, another question for you is, you know, I've, I've covered HBU basketball a long time and mm-hmm. it's been discussed for a long time. Mm-hmm. Where do things stand in terms of getting a new basketball gym arena? Um, there's plans in place. And uh, I don't know if, if you've driven by this area recently, and you probably have, you've seen all the, the new retail um, sections that are going up in the front of the school and the, the arena is due to be over in that area as well. In terms of how long, I don't really know the answer to that because, um, you know, some of these blocks have gone up quicker than we were told they would. Mm-hmm. So, and the next, I believe the next phase is a hotel that's going in over there. Um, so, you know, we've been very candid with when we were talking about this because we don't have a definitive date. Okay. But um, I know that President Sloan is very, very positive about pushing to, you know, continue to look at the arena. And um, there are blueprints out there. Um, so we are excited that it's going to happen. And, uh, you know, hopefully that will be sooner rather than later. Do you know what, I guess, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the discussed capacity is for their so arena? We, yeah, the ones, the, the blueprints that we saw were about, Forty-five hundred to five thousand. So, yeah. Okay, that's that's similar to what Rice has at Tudor Field House. So that, yeah, yeah, it'd be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have yeah, things so. gotten easier? Are you adjusting quicker and getting used to being a head coach at HBU? And you're what going on to your fifth season now? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, for me, it was obviously an easier transition than for most people because I recruited the kids that, you know, when I took over. Um, so I had, you know, great relationships with those kids going in. And, you know, I've been extremely lucky to have um, pretty much the same staff with me the whole time as well. And um, we obviously lost uh, Ben Chase last season. He wanted to be closer to home up in the Boston area. But um, we've added Precious Ivy to our staff, and she's been a great addition. So, um you know, she also opens up doors to the junior college world that we haven't really tapped into previously. Um, and that's something that I hope will benefit us as we go forward with our recruiting classes. What what pressure do you put on yourself internally to get the program going and rolling in, in the right direction and being a consistent winner? Oh, I am daily. I put pressure on myself. Um, you know, we have, I'm, I'm very much a planner. And so we do staff planning days and, and we have an annual plan and we, we look at, you know, how we can make improvements. Um, the bottom line is we have to get players in here. That's our biggest, and that's going to make the biggest difference. And, uh, you know, previously we had made a policy that we were only going to recruit Texas kids and international kids, because obviously I have ties internationally. Um, and then for us, we can see Texas kids pretty easily. Um, but I think, you know, I, I really wanted to look ahead in another direction, and adding precious to staff is going to allow us to, to look at junior college kids a lot closer. Um, but I, you know, I feel pressure every day, and I know that uh, Mr. Moniachi tells me not to, but... Uh, <laughs> But you know, I, I want you know, I want this program to keep moving in the right direction and, and we had, you know, three really good years there where we were making strides and then we have a very, very young roster, um, which kind of set us back a little bit in terms of the win loss column. But 
you know, I really believe that um, this freshman class that we signed last year are the best freshman class that I've seen since I've been here. So, you know, I, I'm expecting big things from that group and, and I'm excited that we have the same team going forward for the next two seasons and, and obviously those kids for another year after that. So, um, you know, I, I, I believe that you can never uh, stop working to get better. And like I say, I, I feel it every day um, because I want it to, to keep improving and it's little things and, and these guys joke with me about being rain man because, you know, I'm so anal about names and places <laughs> and things, but you know, I, I literally, I keep a, a book beside my bed and, you know, if I wake up during the night with a thought, it's in there, <laughs> you know, sometimes I'll send emails to them during the night when I'm like, we got to get this done, you know, um, because I want, I really, you know, I believe this program could be great and it has been tough. Um, you know, obviously just transitioning and then um, coming into the program as the head coach. But I think we're in a really good spot now and, and I'm excited about this next few years with this group. What are your thoughts or, or give me an overview on the conference? You know, I think conference is going to be really interesting this year because, um, you know, Central Arkansas and Abilene Christian, obviously were a little bit ahead of everyone else last year uh, in terms of, you know, they had a lot of seniors and uh, their talent level was great. And, and those two teams were were playing really good basketball by the end of the season last year. Um, I think it it's going to be uh, a little bit more balanced this year. A lot of teams have lost seniors. Um, there's a lot of youth in the league. Um, I think SFA have retained um, the most kids coming through and, and they, they look like they're going to have a pretty strong roster this year. But, um, you know... Sandra does a great job at Central Arc and, and she's reloaded again. Um, Lamar have added some really good athletes to their roster and, and they look strong. But, you know, this the thing about the Southland, as you know, Chris, is that anyone can be anyone on any given day. And, um, you know, we've been lucky that we've been able to do that with most teams in the league. I think the only team that we haven't beaten to date is Abilene Christian. Um, but, you know, we've managed to get wins against every other program. So it's... You know, I think if we if we can keep these kids together and uh, you know prepare them well in this off season, then we have as much opportunity as we've ever had. And even though this is a younger group, I feel really good about them going into conference play this year. Is it too early for for you to announce the non conference schedule? Um, we we have a couple, well, <laughs> more than a couple of times and things that we're waiting on. But I'm I'm hoping that we have those. Uh, complete uh by the end of this week actually um so i'll be able to get that to you probably friday afternoon okay sounds good yeah what are your well are there things that you would like improved in women's college basketball oh um yeah i mean i think they we're definitely making steps you know i've been lucky this year that i've been involved as conference captain for the Southland. So I've been able to, you know, be involved more with the WBCA and the NCA, um, just on on what's happening moving forward and new initiatives and and I think there's some really good things that are starting to happen, particularly with the education side of things. Um, you know, for me coming from Europe, we had to go through an intensive coach education program and it shocks me that that's not the case here. Um, but there's been huge strides forward with the WBCA um, in educating younger coaches and giving them opportunities 
and, and programs that they can be part of in order to improve and prepare as coaches because that obviously impacts the players that we're dealing with. Um, I think the links with high schools has improved um, massively as well. Um, and I think that education part of it has helped with that. Um, I still think that the exposure of women's college basketball is not where it needs to be. And we all have a part to play in that, um, each individual school. But, um, you know, I, in terms of TV exposure, et cetera, it still is definitely not where it should be. Um, but, uh, you know, I think some programs are doing a fantastic job on the, you know, the Power 5 programs that pushing for that as much as they can. Um, but, you know, from our individual program's point of view, we want our girls to be role models. And I believe that's the way that um, we can really keep pushing women's college basketball is using these players as role models because, you know, there's some great stories out there. Um, and, you know, the connection that our kids can have in the local community is something that, you know, we really um, try and push on each year, especially with younger girls coming into the game. But, uh, but I think, yeah, the, the two biggest things for me are the education side and then the promotion of the sport that, that we still need to kind of work on a little bit more. What, what are, I guess, some of the events that you and, and uh, staff and team do in the community? Um, well, we started an uh, initiative, Read with the Huskies, a few years ago, which our men's team have been doing as well, and going into local elementary schools and reading with kids. Um, which has given our, our players an opportunity to take their favorite children's books and sit with these kids um, either in large classroom settings or in small groups within classrooms, um, which I think was really, you know, a great initiative because, you know, some kids come into college as freshmen and they don't like standing up in front of big groups of people, but standing up in front of a big group of, you know, seven-year-olds is a little bit easier. So um, it's given our kids an opportunity to get some experience at talking to groups of kids and teachers. Um, we've also done work with the Houston Food Bank. Um, we do some volunteer work with um, a local retirement uh, community as well, which I think is, uh, you know, a really good opportunity for our kids. And, and the nice thing about that is that they can also come to our games and support us, which you know, we like to see them in the stands as much as we can. And then um, some of our kids are volunteering with local church groups. Um, and uh, doing basically a, a program which is kind of similar to Habitat in, in the in the community where they, they help build and repair houses um, in some areas in Houston, and, and a couple of our kids have gotten really involved with that. So um, we try as much as possible to get them out as, as much as we can, um, you know, and to give them some experience, but also I think it's important as a... Um, college athlete who is having their school paid for and you know is is being looked after the way they are to understand that not everybody is in that position so I kind of like that they get to see that they're you know they're in a really good position where they are and some people are not so fortunate and helping those people is really important sounds very good very impressive what are your expectations for your team this season um I mean, obviously, massive improvement from last season. Um, we have we made a decision last year not to focus on wins and losses because we knew that it was going to be a rough year. Um, but 
you know, for me, I really want to push for us to finish um, in the top six in the conference this year. That's our goal, you know, because we're still so young. And I think that's a realistic goal for us um, this season. Uh, And then put ourselves in with an opportunity at the conference tournament. Um, because at that stage, you know, and and I love that time of year, and I think our teams are always at their best at that time of year, which is exactly where they should be. Um, but that's, you know, that's going to be our goal, is to make sure that we are ready to play um, come Katie time. And the tournament will be in Katie once again, correct? Yes, it will be, yeah. And one question, just kind of random. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, yay or nay, about the I guess the NCA regional semifinals and finals, you know, the Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, being mm-hmm. in Vegas, or just I guess in one neutral site year in year out. I personally, I kind of like the idea of um, you know having a neutral site and making it consistent so that people can make plans. And, you know, I think it can it can also, from a community standpoint, mean that they can plan to, to have it more supported by the community. Um, whether it goes that way, who knows? But, <laughs> but I think, you know, I, I think it could be a real positive thing if they, do go, if they do go that direction. So would you like something similar to, um, what is it? Baseball, college baseball is in Omaha, college softball mm-hmm. is in Oklahoma City. So, yeah. you like the Final Four to be in one city year, year in, year out? Um, I thought the Final Four in Dallas was a, a fantastic event. I thought the the convention, you know, was was very well run, and it was the highest attendance that they've had at a women's Final Four convention. Um, it was central and easier for everybody to get to. Us included? Um, ex- well, I mean, yes, obviously, <laughs> from a selfish standpoint, very sure. easy. But I think just from a, you know... A venue perspective, you know, the, running the convention, the interaction they have with the community involving kids and, you know, local community coaches, etc. I think it was really well done. And whether it's Dallas or another city, you know, I, I think it could be something that really could be built on. And, and like I say, with more community involvement, because for these events to be successful, it's all the, it's all the games obviously are the, the most important thing, but from, from, a collegiate coach's perspective, it's an opportunity for us to learn and network and get together again. And, um, you know, we want to have that in the best situation that we can and maximize the time that we have there together. And I thought Dallas did a great job of that. Would you like to see the Final Four moved one week ahead or or after the men's Final Four? Um. I kind of like it on the same time, but uh, I mean, I think from a marketing standpoint, yes, it might make more sense um, to do that, but I'm not sure how much crossover there would be. Um, you know, I've I've actually been lucky and I've attended the Men's Final Four convention previously um, and, and it's very different from the women's one, um, but I, I'm not sure how much we'd get going the other way, you know, and I think... But I think from a game game promotion perspective, it may make sense to move it. Are you in favor of the Friday-Sunday format? Yes, I am. 
squat because I'm not squat. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> I liked it because this is just, you know, it's interesting because when it happened, I looked up some research and, and a lot of companies now are letting people work four day weeks. They're working Monday through Thursday and a lot of people are having long weekend uh, days off. Mm-hmm. So, or leaving early on a Friday. And, and I think again, because Dallas is so central for so many coaches, um, getting there on a Friday night um, was a lot easier for so many people. Um, and then obviously having the games on the Sunday, mo- a lot of people could still get back to work on the Monday. Um, and I, so I kind of liked it. But again, I maybe am blurred with that because it was easy access for us as a staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that it makes a lot of sense when you look at the figures of people who don't work Fridays. I think that's something that, you know, they, that really helped. One of my, I guess, complaints or issues with this year or the, the format as it is right now is there was no open practice for the fans to attend. Yeah. So, yeah. but I, I have heard slash been told that that is going to be remedied somehow for Columbus. So yeah. I don't know how exactly they're going to do that, but it is being discussed and considered. So hopefully that'll, the open practice will return for the thing. Cause you know, some fans really, enjoy that mm-hmm. you know so yeah we heard that as well because um a lot of people were asking us you know when is open practice because it wasn't on the itinerary and normally it is so and we heard the same thing that they are going to make sure that that goes back on there so people can get an opportunity to see the teams before the games well coach Benny, is there anything you want to say in conclusion uh just thank you guys for uh continuing to you know promote and support women's basketball it's it's something that you know, we do appreciate because, like I said before, I don't think that it is um, promoted as well as it should be, but to have you guys in our corner is great. And, um, you know, if you ever want to come to a game this season, just give us a sight. We'd love to see you. I will definitely do that, and I will make time to come to a sharp gym once or twice this season. So thank you very much for your time. Great. And Coach Donna Finney, HB Women's Basketball. Thank you very much. You take care. Thank you, too.